Welcome to Ravel Radio, where we're all about making it easier and more fun to build a business. Join your host, Kara Steinman, for candid conversations with fellow women entrepreneurs and experts about mindset, business strategy, networking, marketing, and more. I have Christine Agro here today on Ravel Radio, and Christine is a friend of mine from way back. I can't even remember how we met now, but she's an <laughs> intrinsic energy worker. I know. I just got to thinking. I wonder how we, I can't remember. I don't but, remember. How funny. I feel like somebody connected us, but I I'll don't know. i think about that because that's going to bug why. me now. It's going to bug me too. <laughs> but yeah, well, but somehow, anyway, we're connected and, and we've worked together. And um, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the gals at Ravel a little bit about who you are and what you do? All right. I am Christine Agro or Agro. We're trying to shift it a little bit. <laughs> oh, we're going with Agro? I think we are. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a family decision. <laughs> okay. Well, Christine um, Agro is here with us today then. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I am, um, I'm, I consider myself a metaphysical expert or authority. Um, I'm a clairvoyant. I'm a master energy worker. I don't take any of those titles lightly. Um, I've been doing this for almost 25 years. And through the process of doing this work, um, my my internal or spiritual mandate was to gather my own information. So I haven't read anybody's stuff or taken classes from anybody since 1999. Um, and the reason that that's important, or at least to me, is that when I hear other people talking about things that they're like, oh, that's like so-and-so or that I read that here. What I get from that is that it's universal truth. And when something's universal truth, it is, um, there's a, there's an inherent aspect to it that lets us learn the information. So I've been gathering information by working with clients, working with students and doing my own work. And then because I see everything as energy, um, I'm able to understand what we need to do in order to move beyond it. So one of the things that I see people do is that they gather the information and they know, but they don't actually take the next step of doing the work mm. to clear it or heal it. So we're, and I think, <clears throat> again, like in this bringing, I've been like a conduit for the collective. So I'm usually on the precipice of what we're going to be working on as a collective in whatever way individuals choose to work on it. So we all have different ways that we approach things. Um, but I think, and I, and I've been seeing it, I think that, that what we're being asked to do is take that next step into actually doing the work, moving out of the knowing and into the, okay, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I navigate it? What tools do I have? So that's my whole thing is to create tools around um, what it is that we're working on so that we can actually move beyond them. And I call it intrinsic energy work. It took me 20 years to come up with that. <laughs> 20 years of people saying, so what do you do? <laughs> I do intrinsic energy work. It sounds great. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, well, that makes sense. So, um, and the way I see it is the coming together of um, that clairvoyant piece uh, of being able to see everything as energy and then 
create the tools and ultimately empower people to do their own work. Because I think that, well, I know that if, if someone else is doing the work for you, eventually you're going to have to come back around to it and it's going to come back up. So it might feel great to have somebody do it for you in the moment, but the real growth and transformation happens when you learn how to do it yourself. So I love to just empower people to do it themselves. Um, so that's just a little bit about me. <laughs> I, love, I love that you said that you were called to gather your own would you call it a mandate? You're, you are called like to gather your own, yeah, yeah. your own, your own info. And yeah. I'm so guilty of looking outside of myself for the answers. Mm-hmm. And then even when I have them, I don't always employ the strategies to get to where I need to go. Yeah. I, I don't think that, um, so just to take a little weight off your shoulders there. <laughs> <laughs> you just say I'm not alone. <laughs> you know, I, I would say that I'm, I I am in, if we've got a Venn diagram, I'm in like a unique category of like, that's my purpose. My purpose is to bring in information and figure out how to um, translate it, I think, through my Gemini moon so that people understand it, right? I think that that's, that has really been my call, Um from a higher level and a higher perspective is, is to, I took on that. I took on that challenge. It's like, yeah, I like that. It's a good idea. Um, I think, I think that we do all have information inside of us, but what I know is that most people need a spark or information or guidance or path to help them access it. So I think um, you know, for me, the difference in people who are working with me is that I'm constantly saying, don't give me your power. You hold your power. You have the power. Here's the tools to do it. And then I work with people to support them in learning how to use those tools so that they can create their own change in, the, in their life, which, which is, you know, really powerful because the things that happen in our life are happening because at some level they hold a key to what it is that we want to learn this lifetime. So if we, and we can't learn, someone else can't learn our lessons for us. Like you can't learn someone else's lessons for them. I can't learn your lessons for you. And so when you're actually, when you actually step into that place of being like, okay, let me figure out, let me see what it is that I'm working on. And then have these tools to be able to work on it, it creates actual growth, which, um, you know, a lot of people who, who work with me, they experience like a, they experience a quickness in their life, right? Things speed up because they're, they're evolving. Um, I like to say that, you know, my community is the rip the bandaid off group. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we leap before we look, we're like, we're very, we just want to get to it. You know, we want to get to the information and those tend to be um, people who enjoy working with me. Um, Do you think that when we, so we're here to learn something and I, I think I just had a ping when you were talking about that, that I might have this like belief that if I learn the lesson I'm here to learn, that 
it's game over and I'm just done. <laughs> so like what? <laughs> and I don't want that because yeah. I would like to enjoy the lesson that I learned. Is that kind of how you think it goes? Or is there another lesson? Is there always another lesson or? Well, I think, I mean, there's three core life lessons that we're all working on in one way or another. Um, everything can boil down to learning to validate yourself um, learning to own your truth and learning to stand in your power. And I like to really, I, I actually wanted to, to, if there, if anybody wants to invest in something, <laughs> I wanted to create a video game that was, um, really about our spiritual journey. And uh, I would and, play that game. Right. I mean, it's so, it's like, it just, so here's the thing, right? If you think of it as a video game, we're on level one. And we don't know that there's any other level and we're going along and you hit these little moments that like wake you up, you know, like, oh, there's more. And you find the staircase and you climb up and there's this level and you're like, okay, like I, I made it to the level. I made it, you know, I, I elevated myself and you move along and you're, you're, you know, living life and you find these little things and the next thing, another staircase is there and you take the next level or a door and you, you like, you go down a different path. And so I, I, you know, at some point, I think as, as spiritual beings, we do get to that point where we're like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> what know? if we're like, all just like sitting up in our energetic community somewhere else, playing our own selves on a video game, a I've spiritual that, video game? Yeah. I mean, bad. I've had that thought. I think a lot of people have had the, like, you know, a similar idea of thinking that we're in assimilation, you know, and I get to the point where I'm like, okay, well, what if we are, <laughs> right? Yeah, like I'm picturing myself, <laughs> myself, my big glowing orby self, yeah, playing myself on Earth and screaming at myself, "God damn it, Kara, get your shit together! <laughs> like, what know. are you doing? Stop falling down the pipes!" Well, and really, I mean, if you look at so I look at the components of of who we are. So there's our physical existence. Uh, there's our soul memory, which holds like all of our lifetimes information. Um. And can oftentimes create a problem because it does hold all of our lifetime information for a, a good reason. Because when we're unconscious, it's trying to remind us, right? Remember you did this. Remember you didn't want to do this. Um, don't go there because last time, like that was a trap door. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but when we step into consciousness, then we don't necessarily need to be carrying all of that soul memory because we're working on our life lessons consciously. Mm -hmm. So then we can clean up and clean out and sort of, you know, put into a, a holding pattern, all that stuff that our soul has been carrying around so that we can just live this lifetime as this lifetime. Um, so there's so many gotcha. things that help create freedom for us and expansion and back to your question about like being afraid that if you like learn the lesson that would be it um i just like uh, even today so 25 years in a couple of major awakenings many small awakenings i still have like moments where i awaken and i'm like oh man like there's like a whole other level <laughs> so it's, it's sort of continual evolution yeah you know, and I think it's, it's really like, how much can you evolve in this lifetime? And our, our ultimate goal, I believe, this is what I teach and what I, what I practice. Our ultimate goal is to evolve ourselves consciously to the point where we can be present as spirit in our body. 
And then when that happens, we have all the power of spirit with the body as a vehicle, right? So we can instantaneously Mm -hmm. manifest, we can transmute time and space, we can self-heal, we can heal, but it gives us all of the power that exists at the spirit level in the physical form. And I, I believe that that's what we are working towards. We're working towards, can we do this? And the long trajectory for it is because we tried to do it a couple of times just by dropping in and being conscious and evolved and it doesn't work. Somebody had said something, gosh, I wish I could remember who it was. I think it was like somebody notable. Um, but the comment was when you have like five to 10 people, you can talk everything out. But as soon as you get to like 300 people, then you need to have structure and rules Mm -hmm. and, you know, like hierarchy and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think we've, we've tried it where we come in fully evolve thinking that we would all just play nice together, but then we don't and we destroy everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, okay, well, let's try this again. And we'll, we'll take this long trajectory of trying to learn these three core life lessons which ultimately lead us to a place of purity of mind, purity of heart, and purity of desire, so that what we think when you know when we have that ability to instantaneously manifest what we think, what we desire um, comes out in a pure space rather than us creating things because think about how often do you think like, oh, like I want this or if that happened or what if you could actually manifest all that stuff? I mean, it would be chaos. <laughs> yeah. How many times right? have I thought I wanted something that I really didn't end up wanting? Yeah. Like, cause you just think in an instant, man, that would be so cool. But do I really actually, is that what's in my best interest or yeah. the best interest of humanity or the collective or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Plus if you were able to do that, it would take you off track. With, if you're not, if you're not in that place of, of clear consciousness, it would take you off track of what you actually came here to do. Right? And that feels like a good segue to what yeah. we are going to talk about today, because <laughs> Christine, you're an interesting, uh, interesting. I say interesting. You are a unique guest here because I don't ever assume that I know what we're going to talk about. And I know that you have the topic. It just whatever you think we need to talk about is what we're going to talk about. So before I started recording, I said, what should we talk about? Christine goes, let's talk about messy. How might let, what do you say? How messy life how messy is? Life is. <laughs> let's talk about how messy life is and what we can do about it. And I'm like, that is perfect. I feel like yeah. every single person can relate to that. Yeah. And so what's, what's going on? Like, how should we think about life when it gets messy? Yeah. I, I think first of all, it's just helpful to know that life is messy. <laughs> Right. You know, we're not failing. We did like, yeah, there's difficult times. Things get hard. Um, you know, relationships are messy. Business is messy. Um, you know, I just, I just had a client who I don't even know what happened, but her, you know, her payment, when I got paid through PayPal and then, but PayPal didn't get paid by her. So it's been dinging her checking account while while it keeps, I mean, it's just a mess. Weird. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's like these things that just happen that can throw us and really, I think, put us into a tailspin. They can 
I think business-wise, they can put us on the couch for, <laughs> you know, yeah. under the covers, <laughs> watching Netflix. Yes. <laughs> you know? I, I seem to be having a lot of conversations with women these days. And I know this is kind of what I went through a couple of years ago. And I know I'll go through it again, but it's this sort of in-between space. Like maybe you're not where you should, maybe you're where you should have been for a little while in business particularly. And for some reason, it doesn't feel like where you need to be now, but you're not really sure where you need to be is. Mm -hmm. And so you're in this in-between space where you know you have to do something, but you're not really sure what you should do about it. You're just not happy with what you're doing. And you know that it's not what your purpose is at this point. Yeah. So how would you- I say, um, start by identifying what you're looking for. Um, whether it's just an, an energetic quality, maybe you're looking for something meaningful and fulfilling. Maybe you're looking for something that, um, is more financially supportive, you know, start identifying what it is that you're looking for. Like how you want to feel. I think how you want to feel. I, I think when we're, if we're, really what we're talking about is manifesting, right? Um, yeah. so when, when you start a manifestation, let's call it a project. I believe it's best to start with the biggest umbrella possible. I look at it as a funnel, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got this funnel. And if you create this wide opening that is um is expansive for your spirit to be like, oh, okay, let me give you this, let me give you that, let me drop this into your space. What it does is it allows you to start to refine your manifestation, refine that intention and say, oh, I like this, but not this. Let me refine what it is that I'm asking for. And you go down the next level, right? So you keep putting out the intention. If you accept what isn't right for you, you've just told the universe, I'll take, I'll take this. Like, there's my, there's my, um, this my is the threat, bar. Right, yeah. right. My bar is right here. I'll take this thing. <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> um, but when you, when you actually stop and go, okay, it's like, I want to adjust this. This isn't quite right. And you toss it back and you wait for the next thing. Then you start to, ha- you know, create what it is that you want by noticing what you don't want, what doesn't work. And that whole process of of going through that is actually part of your journey to learn how to manifest what you want. So I feel like this is this is why you and I get along so well. There's a lot of there's a lot of information out there about manifesting and it's a lot of it is very rigid and you have to be very specific about what you want and you have to create this vision and write it down and down to the color of the floorboards and the house you want and ever all these things right or whatever it is you're manifesting the characteristics of the true love of your life but what i think i hear you saying is that it can be a little bit more experimental than that and you can open up and say this is how i want to feel and let the universe bring you what what it whatever that is and you get to pick and choose and almost experiment with how that feels and how close that feels to what you want. Yeah. To me that, you know, that is more the, the, the one form of manifesting is very um, mental body, ego, will driven, 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to make this happen, whether it's in my best interest or not. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make it happen. And you can be in that funnel where you have like, cause you get greater clarity as you move through the funnel. Right. So right now I'm in a manifestation space where I'm probably like midway down through the funnel and I've, I've got more specifics about what it is that I want to manifest. Um, but I did just go through a similar, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I spirit told me I'm done. And I was like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, what do you mean I'm done? But it didn't actually like tell me like what I was done with. And I was like, totally freaked out. I like had to grieve it. It was like huge. Aww. It was messy, right? It was really messy. messy. Yeah. Um, and fortunately I had tools. So I just kept working the energy. I kept clearing things out. I kept, you know, spending time grounding and looking at it. I opened up and I was like, okay, well, what does this mean? Like, bring me the information. Like, what do you mean I'm done? And so where I've settled with it is that, um, the role that I was playing as a conduit for the collective to bring in new information consistently, mm-hmm. new information, new information, I'm done. And spirits now like you get to do what you want to do. So what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Like that's kind of a really big question. Yeah. Right. So I know that I love doing this work. Um I know that I don't want to create new programs every year because it's a lot. It's a lot of effort, right? So things are starting to, as soon as I start to have clarity, now things are starting to shift in my business space and opportunities are coming, which is one thing I was going to mention. So once we set out our intentions, we have to have inspired action. I love that phrase, inspired action. Um, So we have to, we have to start to follow the threads that come. And some of them lead to dead ends. Theoretically, there's really no dead ends. It's just, you know, you get to a place where it stops and then maybe another door opens over here and you walk over here. But that action leads you to whatever it is that you're going to create for yourself. And so you, it's following the threads. You get inspired to email someone, email them. If nothing happens, you know, okay, nothing happened here. Something happened up here because we took the action step. So once you start to set out your intentions, you you want to follow the threads. That's what I call it. So it's when you get a hit and you're like, oh, I should do that. Do it. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. And then sometimes it feels like certain things start to happen. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not paying attention, I don't notice that there's something in common with all these things that are happening that are pointing to some direction or that's a yes. But sometimes also I'll notice I'm pushing in a direction that like things just aren't working and I've just set my course and I'm doing this thing and it doesn't feel good. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm going the wrong way. That's why this feels so terrible and nothing is working. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, you know, those are like mini awakenings. That's what I call them. They're like little moments of like the light turns on where you go, oh, okay. So when I'm pushing when there's effort, when there's resistance and flow isn't existing, I'm not in the right place. Mm-hmm. And let me, let me now find where my flow is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so those are like, you know, those little, little moments of awareness that, that are moments of growth. And I, we miss celebrating them, right? Cause we're so focused on getting to whatever it is that we're trying to get to. We miss celebrating those moments of, um, 
having having those levels of awareness. So take a minute right now and celebrate. <laughs> What's working in your life right now? What feels good? Yeah, right. You know, what yeah. is, are you asking me? Or like, like, I swear, sometimes I'll be pushing, like banging my head against a wall, trying to put together something on the computer or do something that I've decided I need to do that day. And it's just not working. Like I always say technology hates me on those days or whatever. Mer- Mercury must be in retrograde or something, right? <laughs> but like I swear nine times out of 10, if I walk away and just go do something for me or just take like, go do something else that feels better, I come back and it's like the problem's fixed or something else really good has happened that totally distracts me. So I don't care about that other thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I just um I was working on a a series of posts on on my website on about manifestation and sort of like the basic manifestation principles and one of them is the difference between uh force and flow <clears throat> or flow and force, right? And um and and another one I think I think I wrote that is about the importance of of play or, you know, having something that doing things that you enjoy. So not necessarily things that bring you joy, because sometimes I think it's our work that brings us joy, but then there's things that we enjoy doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we do the things that we enjoy, it creates flow. It opens up our space. We can't be all work and no play. And I think as entrepreneurs and as women, we tend to be. We tend to be like, grind, get it done. You know, I'm going to like, I'm focused on getting this thing done or making this happen. And when you do that, your space gets more and more condensed. It it just gets pressured and narrow. And so taking the time to go and do things that you enjoy actually opens you up and lets more come in and lets you do more. And, you know, it's interesting. There was just in a Facebook group that I'm in, somebody... (laughs) It was such a, it was just like the, like the perfect question at the perfect time. She was, she said, I finished everything on my to-do list and I'm not sure. Should I do more or should I take a break? And I was like, oh my God, you should totally take a break. Like you should celebrate that you got it all done and you should go do something. And there have been times in my business where I've, I've grinded and not taken a break and it leads to burnout. Like hundred percent leads to burnout, makes you hate what you're doing, creates a whole lot of effort. Like it just starts to feel heavy. Mm-hmm. And there've been times when I've followed that rule of here's my, here's my plan for the day of what I want to get done. If I'm done by two o'clock, I'm done. I'm done. And I'm, I'm out doing something and it changes everything. And I think it's, you know, I think we can get into a fear space um, of thinking that, you know, if I'm, if I'm not working on my business 24 seven, then I'm not doing my business, but your, your business really shouldn't be consuming every second of your day. No, (laughs) no. No, I and I run into the problem now where I love what I'm doing and I love the communities that I'm building and the women that I'm interacting with. And it's all I love to think about it and I love to like noodle on it and what yeah. am I going to do next and what's happening and what should we do? And so it's not even it doesn't feel like work, but I'm still obsessed. Yeah. Like I still have to consciously be like, okay, Kara, think about something else. There's yeah. got to be more to life than just thinking about this. Well, and even just 
you know, I, I, I did an interview with, um, I think his name was Larry Rosen. Um, he wrote the book. I, I, is it eye disease, eye disorder, eye disorder. And like, it was internet, you know, um, or information. And it, he was talking about the brain and how when we're constantly engaged with the screen, whether it's our phone or the computer or the television, like whatever it happens to be, our brain doesn't have time to reset. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually stop. And we need that as humans, we need that. And the easiest way to reset is to go outside. That's why I keep saying podcasting is the kindest form of content these days. It is so, I can walk with my dog, I can wash my car, I can sit on the back porch and close my eyes and still like feel connected to the ideas that I'm interested in or, you know, whatever it is I want to learn about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think though, even like, even still there, your brain is still engaged. So you, you just want to find that time where you're saying walk away, like, yeah, disconnect, total disconnect. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be for long. It just, you know, maybe for an hour, maybe for a half hour, you know, just disconnect. That's hard. (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) Well, bird watch, you know, like go and, Go and bird watch. Look for, listen, you know, like just. I remembered how we met, by the way. Oh. Um, you said Facebook. So I was writing an article about throat shock. I wanted to write an article about oh, the throat right. I remember. And why the throat shock, like what I felt like my voice had been stamped out somehow. This was like three or four years ago, maybe. And I, I sent out a, an SOS on this Facebook group that we were in together. It was like a writers, health and wellness writers group. And I asked, Hey, do we have any energy experts in here who could talk about the throat chakra? And you sent me back like all this great information. And I never ended up writing the article, <laughs> but, but we ended up but working we met, together. So that's, we met. Okay. So that's really what that was for. <laughs> right? you know, that's funny. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's funny how much like, you know, like, like how much, our relationship has, has evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and not ebbed and flowed, but like we've, you know, we've ebbed and flowed into each other's lives, right? Like yeah. <laughs> here and there. And, yeah. and the dynamic has changed too, because I was, you were a client of mine for a little bit mm-hmm. and yeah. now we're, not working together professionally, but I think we're friends. So I think we're friends. Yeah, I think. I, mean, I don't want to assume, but <laughs> I like you. Do you like me? <laughs> uh, Check, silly. Yes. Check, yes. yes. Um. Yeah. No. I. I actually. I. I really enjoyed the work that we did together. I. I. It's always been very difficult for me to to define any of this. Um, and I, it's difficult for me to define it in my own vacuum. And so I did go through a period where I was trying to really understand, um, you know, who I was speaking to, why I was speaking to them. Um, I'm not sure how much I actually to date have utilized that information, but I come back to it over and over again. Um, yeah. I come back to it over and over again. And what was interesting was that as I was working with clients, I noticed without, you know, me wanting to uh, 
track them that they, that was who was showing up. I was like, because we did the so- psychographic yeah. work together. Right? On who, like, I was like, oh, how fascinating is that? <laughs> yeah, probably you probably just noticed it because you knew. It's like when you decide to buy a car. You're yeah, like, no, abs- everywhere. Absolutely. Like it was like, oh, I see it now, right? And it actually yeah. did. It changed my work in a way because it it allowed me to. Um, it allowed me to work with people at an even deeper level, which oh, was yeah. pretty cool, right? So it wasn't just like a, like a marketing thing of, yeah. of, of, um, like what people, what's going on with people. I was actually able to take it into my work and be like, here's how you deal with this. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. you were able to connect in a deeper way with those people. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was pretty cool. That, you know, was unexpected that came out that of it. Tracks. That tracks. That makes me feel better about the market. Because I, I always, I've said for a while now that I was a marketer who hated marketing. Mm-hmm. And really what I liked about marketing at all ever was that it it connected people. Like it it magnetized someone to something that they hopefully needed. Yeah. And, and this was, you know, marketing can be kind of icky. And now that we're in such a busy crowded digital age, it feels that way a little bit even more. But I think that's probably somewhere tied to my purpose here is bringing bringing people together, women specifically, like so that they can connect and build relationships. Yeah. Whatever that looks like at whatever point in my life. Yeah. Well, you know, so much of the the shift in the collective is, is about the difference between sort of the, the masculine way of doing things and the feminine way of doing things. And this shift started like in, in earnest, it started maybe I, I want to say maybe 10 years ago, mm. trying to think when I was doing all the work with women stuff. Cause again, like that was my, like my purpose was to start to anchor things in as they were coming. Um, and, and so the difference is like masculine does not mean male. Um, there was this guy who wrote this whole blog post based on a blog post that I wrote about like how men must feel so, or how boys must feel so awful to think that everything's their problem. And I was like, at no point did I say male. <laughs> right? Sir, like, you are missing was, the point. Right? I was like, <laughs> but, but you can only know what you know. And I get that. <laughs> yeah. right? talk, let's talk more about that because the business there's uh, several other conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks have been about business and the masculine ways that we have traditionally done things yeah. and that there might be some other ways to approach this that feel better for people who would appreciate a more feminine approach to business. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what the feminine energetic qualities are, I think, to start. And they are um, their uh, collaboration partnership, right? (laughs) (laughs) Community, um, you know, uh, less. It's less structure, right? It's less linear. Well, it's less linear. That's what it is. So the the feminine energy works on a spiral, which I I love, right? So the spiral, which is very interesting, and this is why I think we talked about this once, but I'm not sure. You tell me if it rings a bell that, um, it's one of the reasons why women in conversation can be having five different conversations at the same time and stay on track because when you're on the spiral, you can see everything that's going on, right? But if you're speaking linearly, 
which is typically a, a masculine trait, which men will embody um, or are taught to embody because they're right. in a male body. Um, it's linear and it, it's one thing after the other. And you don't, it's like the ant, when the ant is walking forward, it only sees in front of it. It can't see up and it can't see behind itself unless it turns around. So it's just going to keep moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. So that linear conversation, you can't, you can't, if, if you, if I've dropped a, if I've dropped a little like tag here and I've dropped a tag here and I'm all the way up here. And I go back to here. I I can't see back that far. The, this person can't see back that far to pick up the conversation. But on that spiral, it's like, oh, there it is. And there it is. And there it is. So there's this fluidity to, to conversation, to creativity, um, to collaboration, <clears throat> where there's lots of things moving and shifting and they're all working together to create whatever is being created. I love that so much. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about you because when we work together, I change the whole plan like halfway through our engagement, remember? Yeah, and I, do, I yeah. use, I don't say like, I don't use your name, but I use you as an example when I talk about like how important it is for service entrepreneurs to have their ideal clients working with them. Because I intentionally, would, when I was still doing that kind of work, you were such a great example of somebody who was okay with the way that I work. I, I, it was not linear. I, I could not point you to a plan that was step by step by step that we were going to do. And you were okay with that. Yeah. You were like, okay, I trust you. Let's what, yeah, whatever you think. <laughs> and, and we get there. Right. But it, yeah. it doesn't always look like how I think it's going to look necessarily. And yeah. And that's just a very different way of thinking. But if I'm working with somebody who is, is very masculine thinking in that way and needs, feels safe with that sort of linear progression, it's going to be really difficult for us to feel good about working together. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to, um, because I'm like this in my classes, especially, uh, so what I've done to date is um, every fall, well, leading up to the fall, my birthday's in November. And so leading up to my birthday, I start to bring in like, what programs do you want me to teach? <laughs> right? Like, like, what is the collective looking for? And so I used to do them like, and I was constantly doing launches, which was like just draining and like creating like landing pain. Right. So <laughs> I started, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do like a birthday blitz bash thing in November. And, and people can get this package or this package or all of it. And some of it's done, like already done. Some of it's stuff that I'm going to be doing in the new year. And, People basically buy into it knowing that, knowing me and knowing that something's going to shift, right? And, but ultimately knowing that what they're going to get out of it is way more than what they put into it. Like if they were to, if they were to buy things piecemeal throughout the year, they're going to get way more value by, by you know, blindly stepping into, you yeah. know, and plus it sets up their work for the year, which I've always liked. So, um, 
but there's always that little note that I have, which is like, you know, these are, these are programs that aren't finished. They're not ready yet. And things may change, you know, and things have changed. I did. um, And I think for people, well, I don't know if they think it's for the better, but originally I was going to do this year, all this information came in about soul evolution, which I just love. And um, I said it was a 12 month, it was a 12 week program because it was going to go through each of the Zodiac one week at a time. And by the time it started to come around, I was like, oh my God, no, this is like a 12 month program. Like we're doing each Zodiac each month. Mm. And originally it was the unevolved and evolved energies of each of the Zodiac each month. And then the next thing I knew, there are six modules in each month (laughs) because I was like, oh no, like we could actually look at the chakras for each Zodiac. We can look at the planet for each Zodiac and we can use that all to do our own growth work. So that, so that's one of like, I always need a container or I like to have a container to do the work in. So it could be anything, but the planets really, I think, uh, or the Zodiac really is a nice container because because really they are there. Our, our Zodiac stuff is really the path, the plan that we came in this lifetime with. Like, what do we want to work on? How are we going to work on it? Well, it's all there in the Zodiac. It's not about, it's not about being like, Oh, this is going to happen. And I got to like, you know, I don't know, steal myself or like next Tuesday, the moon is in Taurus. Stay home. (laughs) Right. It's not about that at all. It's really about, um, it's really about the unevolved and evolved energies of of that sign that tells you what you what you wanted to what you want to shift in this lifetime, what you want to learn, how you want to grow, how you want to evolve, and where that leads you to. And so, even now, like as I we're in, we're working on Gemini, um, and the program is shifting. You know, as we're in it next year, it'll be it'll be solid and set. Um, I think it is going to be a program that I'm going to run every year because I really like it. It's amazing. <laughs> Does it start once a year or do you bring in cohorts? Um, I was going to do like a rolling admission. Um, right now I've, I, I shell that and it's going to be, they are cohorts. So right now we're in the crimson cohort and then next year there'll be a new cohort. And so um, initially my thought was that I could just do rolling and bring people in. But I think, I think for now, the next step is a new cohort next year. Um, although I'm always open if there's like people who want to, <laughs> or like special, a special cohort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, always open for that. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's been really amazing. And, and so, even like as I was putting the information together, I was getting more information about about what this program actually is. And I realized that each of the Zodiac has like a, a higher, higher purpose evolution to it. So um uh right now with Gemini, it's about it's about accessing and being able to communicate spiritual wisdom. Right. So there's these higher levels. Um, Taurus was, um, oh, Taurus was nice. Taurus is, is spiritual and emo- spiritual and emotional fulfillment. Right. So it's about, if you look at all of the traits and, and 
things that Taurus navigates. It's, it's about how they fill themselves or don't fill themselves. And that higher evolutionary piece is ultimately spiritual fulfillment. So I don't know. So each of the (laughs) zodiac signs, then if you're like a Taurus, that's, those are the types of lessons you're working on or the types of paths that you should be walking to fill your purpose or. So, so each zodiac sign has an unevolved, has unevolved characteristics and evolved characteristics. So I think some people will call them negative traits and positive traits, Mm -hmm. but I see them as a continuum. So um, in the, in the unevolved space is usually when we're unconscious, we're unaware, the more aware we become, we start to work on those and we move to evolved traits because we've done this many lifetimes. We actually carry all of them, like pretty much all of them. Right. And we absorb other people's lessons. We take on things from people around us. So in a sense, we are working on all of it, but we do come in with a plan of like, here's my core thing of what I want to work on evolving. Um, but I think it gets messed up. I think life is messy. <laughs> right? Back to the theme here. <laughs> right? And it, you know, it gets like, a, you know, that soul memory piece is carrying all of that and and things get triggered and things get, get activated And so we really are working on, in some ways, all of it. Like I know, you know, my students going through this program and I, you know, I just, I adore them because again, they stepped into a program not knowing really what it was going to be. And it went from this little program to this like massive program and, you know, they're in it and they're like, oh my God, like I did not even, I can't, like, I didn't even think that I would have so much in this one area and it's so much moved and shifted, right? It's just like, you know, they're, they're surprised and I'm surprised. I was just recording the um, evolved aspects of Gemini and I found things myself. I was like, Oh, that's so surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Because as I'm teaching, I'm doing the work too, because I'm always looking at what's going on and and how is, you know, what's going on with me, what's going on with students, whether, and this is sort of one of the weird things, whether you're in the program right now, or you're going to be in the program a year from now, I can see that, right? So I'm like, there'll be times where I just shift on the fly because I'm like, oh, wait a minute, right? The whole scene just went whoop. (laughs) And I got to do something different. So I do. Um, But anyway, that's the, the, I'm really, I really love that program. So just back to, um, uh, you know, being flexible. And I think in your business, if you're, she's like, how I found the thread. You did. I was (laughs) sitting here thinking that's that's what a lot of us struggle with, I think, in business is that we think, and there's a great illustration of this that I've seen, and it's a box and there's a straight line up from the bottom left-hand corner to the top right. And it's an arrow and it says what we think business should look like. And then what it really is, is the next scene. And it's this big, messy, like tangle that eventually turns into a straight line in the end. But I would, I would wager there's probably some wiggles at the end too. Like it just, we just don't know. And I've really tried to embrace experimenting in the last couple of years and just being okay with like, if something doesn't work the way I think it's going to work, I'm still going to learn something from it about myself, about where I'm going. And even though that's not 
the linear, maybe organized, structured way of thinking about it, maybe the masculine business way, maybe there's a different way to think about it and it won't feel so frustrating. Yeah, I I know for myself, um, the way I've always looked at it is as an ebb and flow, um, because I've always had many things happen like going at once, and I'll work on this, and I'll work on it as long as it's flowing forward, and then when it stops, I'll go over here and I'll work on this, and it'll flow forward. Eventually, I circle back to all the things. So. In part, when I look at it for myself, I think it's because I, I'm kind of in the future sometimes and I bring in ideas that maybe maybe are really future ideas. Right? Yeah, they're right? not so ready. It's not, they're it's not still time baking. For them. Yeah, like it's not time for them. Sometimes I bring in things that aren't even mine. Mm. Um, I, I've had so, like a number of instances where I've been like, oh, that's such a great, like I get this idea. Usually they're in the shower call it like oh, shower, course. right? Shower inspirations, yep. right? So be in the shower and I'll get this like amazing like idea. And it doesn't take me long to um, implement something. Like I'm very quick. I, yeah. you know, like, I just, I'm very quick to do things. So for example, this was years ago when I was working with moms, I had this idea to do mama scouts and mama scouts was, um, was giving ourselves badges for achieving certain things like the Betty Crocker badge when you like pull off some like amazing recipe that you've always wanted to cook. Yeah, or like, you know, something for your kid. Like I, I, had, mm-hmm. I had done a dinosaur um, birthday party for Caden and I created like a, um, a cake that was dinosaur bones. And I, I made the, the, I'm, I don't even know. I made, the, <laughs> I, <laughs> I made the cookie patterns and I cut out the cookies and I baked them and I made the cake and it had like cookie crumbles for dirt. And like, it was this crazy cake. And then I had the dinosaur cupcakes. And I, I mean, it was just, wow. Deserved the Betty Crocker. I would just be happy to get the laundry badge that said I actually folded the laundry and put it away instead of dumping it in and out of the laundry basket all week long, looking for what I need. How many times have you taken? How many times have you taken the clean laundry and rewashed it just because you didn't fold it? I don't do that. I'm pretty sure my son Parker. I'm pretty sure Parker does that. But we have two very distinct baskets. I do find myself like I'll go to find some clean laundry and I'll be like, "That's not clean," but it's just a piece or two usually. No, if I go, like I've actually taken it out of the dryer. Oh my God. So the moral here is that it's not just business that's messy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But so the whole idea was that, you know, you could just give yourself badges. You could create whatever badge you wanted. And the minute I released it, one, one of the major women's magazines. So three months out for women's magazines, right? They're doing their editorial stuff. And the, the, the minute I released it, like the next day, one of the major women's magazines comes out. And what is like like the middle spread is this like badge thing for moms. Oh <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Like so you was, caught someone else's idea. I did. I caught someone else's idea. And I was like, oh, but you know, let's look at, um, uh, you know, the light bulb or the telephone. I 
who was it, Marconi and Edison, right? Mm -hmm. Working on the same thing, two completely different locations. And like, you know, like Elizabeth Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. She talks about that and how she thinks that like ideas are just kind of floating around. And if you catch one, it's your, like, if, if that's an idea for you, you have to do something with it because otherwise it'll just go find someone else to implement. Yeah. I mean, well, and I think, you know, we could look at it as a, like, again, a collective consciousness thing of, of, you know, this information is there to help the collective evolve in some way. And so the collective wants it to be found by somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, there, it's like, you know, who wants this? Right. <laughs> but even if you had hung on to that idea and, were so passionate about doing it, it would have turned out different than whatever that other person did. Absolutely. There's no way you guys would have done the same thing. And if you had pulled it off and you had gone that direction, it would have only meant that the universe needed more than just one person doing that thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But what what I found is that when that happens for me, there's no, there's no traction with it. Yeah. You right? knew just, pretty right away, like, oh, this yeah. is a great idea, but this is not my idea. Right. This as is not for saw, me. Right. Exactly. As that as happens to me all the time. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you know what we could do? I said, could. We right. could. <laughs> this is a great idea for someone else. Right. <laughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so hard. That's so hard. It is. It's I hard. love me a challenge. <laughs> hard learned lesson. <laughs> well, I would love to, I would love to direct everyone to your quiz if that's somewhere you'd like them to go. Yeah. Um, I'd love I'd your love soul to. evolution assessment. Sure. That would be great. So the thing to know about the soul evolution assessment is, um, you're going to get a primary, like, this is the, this is what you're working on the most, but the, the additional, like, here's where you've got stuff going on is equally as important, right? So it's not, it's not like, oh, I just have to focus on this. I mean, sure, you can just focus on this, but it's really an understanding of like, okay, I've got stuff in all of these areas that I can be I can be working on to help evolve my soul because that's really in the depth of us. That's what we want. We want to evolve ourselves and learn when we evolve ourselves, what ends up happening is that we create flow in our life. And right. That's like all I want. Like when I was growing up, all I, like my dad would always wish on a wish, wish on a star. And he would say, he would say, wish for the same thing every time happiness. Right. I don't think, like I used to think that's what I want. I just want to be happy. But I think what I want is ease. Yeah. I want it to feel good. Even when it's hard, I think it should feel good. And I feel like that's that's what that's what my work offers people is is how to be the calm in the chaos, right? No matter how messy it gets, having the ability to understand it, to you know process it to pick it apart and then to have tools to navigate it helps to create that uh, even relief you know ease relief it's like yeah you know it's just that oh, like I'm okay and you know in all honesty um this year has been really challenging for me we've had so much stuff going on we went to Florida and the day that we were leaving the alarm company called to tell us there was a fire in our house <laughs> oh my god was everything I mean, okay? I'm laughing about it, right? Like well, it's crazy. Now what right? else are you gonna do? <laughs> you're on your. You're like, I was, uh, uh, so immediately we're like, oh my god, like 
fire department's going to come. They're going to knock down the door. The cat's in the house because nobody was there to open the door. So fortunately, against my husband's desire, we got somebody to come and check in on the cat. I had an auto feeder for her, but I didn't want to just leave it. I wanted somebody to come in and check on her. So we hired this, um, a neighbor, uh, who's like 20 to come and check in on them every, her every like day. He didn't really have to do anything. He just had to open the door, make sure the food was okay. I didn't care if he saw her. I just wanted her. So they had the key. They were the only ones in it. So he, Chuck calls him. He wakes up, he's like half asleep. He's like not registering. He calls his dad and his dad jumps in the car without any shoes on, drives over, gets here just as the fire department was getting ready to like knock the door down, opens the door. The furnace was on fire. Oh, wow. It had gone dry and it just like, there's some, I don't know, it was a whole thing. So then we're thinking like, oh my God, like this is going to cost a fortune, you know, our kids in college, like, (laughs) you know, but I stayed in that space of like, it's okay. Like it's going to, it's okay. Like it always is okay. And the insurance company ended up paying for it. We got a brand new boiler. We got a brand new water heater. We, you know, probably like if, it just, if it had just died, then we would have had to pay for it. But because it was this like minor catastrophe, catastrophe. you know, that was contained. Yeah. So, and then this was, I know we've got to wrap up, but this was the, one of the boiler guys was in the basement that came to give us a quote. And I hear him say, my husband's name is Chuck. And I hear him say, Arthur, <laughs> <laughs> everything happens for a reason. <laughs> So it's just become this like, you know, Arthur. sort of catch all. Yeah. <laughs> Having an Arthur kind of day. <laughs> you know, everything happens for a reason. Oh, but, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, everything. Anyway, we could spend a lot of time talking about everything happens for a reason and the different ways we could take that. But um but anyway, having we could tools, do a whole podcast series on things people say and just yeah. dissecting them like everything happens for a reason or. Yeah. I like to, I mean, I look at a lot of those things as platitudes. Everything is energy, right? Mm -hmm. I look at them as platitudes almost where we just sort of say them, but we don't really stop to think about what it means. You know, what Mm -hmm. is, what, what is underneath it? Um, So yeah, I would love to do that. that. You never know. It's an idea. We might hang on to it. We might not. It may not be ours. Well, thank you. I'm going to tell everyone to go see you on Instagram at Christine Agro, Agro, Christine Agro. And um, I'm going to put the link to your soul evolution assessment in the show notes. And um, I think we'll probably be doing this again. Well, this I would love fun. to do it. This has been really great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Christine. Okay. And there you have it. Another inspiring conversation with another amazing woman entrepreneur. Before you go, a heartfelt thank you for being part of the Ravel family. Your support means the world. And if you like what you heard, please consider giving your fellow entrepreneur a virtual hug by sharing this episode on social or with a friend. See you next time.